Yuki Chords. Okay, it's Kip Koke again, and I'm gonna call my friend Steve. First, I'm gonna open the window, because it's nice outside, and why not? Hi Steve, how are you doing? I'm good, how do I sound? You sound like S Steve. Excellent! So how are you man? I'm doing pretty good, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you doing? Four years, five years? Yeah. Because uh, it was 2015 I believe. Yeah, that's a while. I don't, I don't know what year it is anyway, so. Oh, it's 2020, right? go to work and I do little projects. Well, that's the thing that impresses me is that you're one of the handful of people still working. Well, I guess I'm, I don't like saying this, but I guess I'm a frontline worker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, good luck with that frontline worker thing. Uh, you're wearing masks all day long? <laughs> no, I'm isolated by myself in the kitchen, so... Yeah, I don't see anybody, but, um, which kind of is, you know, no, I'm, I miss makeups. You're a gregarious kind of guy. I, I, I like people. things you like to practice. What do you mean by that? I mean, I mean that I'm about to become 
Oh. Comprehending that what you're saying now is you're like a whaler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, somebody, you know, you're 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 uh, hitched your well, pardon the pun. You've hitched your horse to a to a, an old technology. Yeah, but you know, I just went horse riding the other day, so we still need um, we horses. still need saddles and horses. smell like bleach because I work in the restaurant industry and also wash my hands constantly because that's my job. Yeah, I have never had, I've never had chapped skin in my life. I have naturally oily skin and for the first time in my life this is, oh, so this is what chapped skin looks like. Okay, Ooh, interesting. Right, right. I have this, I'm unctuous as well. Same problem. Um, but it's not a problem because I just have very soft hands all the time. Bad back knee, though. Wow. So what? what's this show you were talking about that you were working on? Oh, the thing I'm writing, yeah. Um, in some ways, the, 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 the timing has been kind of fortuitous because, you know, I've been an actor uh, for, for decades and, you know, I spent a lot of time working in, my res- in restaurants. Mm-hmm. That's the <laughs> entertainment industry. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't have to be the type. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah, what you look like. You just have to be able to carry the things and do the job. That's it. Nobody cares what you look like. <laughs> but um, he was on set one day uh, with another guy, and they were in uh, sort of like 60s kind of suits and hats, and fedora hats, and looking really sharp. And um, he walked past this tech guy, you know, they call them grips. They basically, their job is to, they're like the movers on set. They move all the stuff around the set. Mm-hmm. So the grip comes, he's just sitting there and they walk by and the guy looks at him, points at him, and he says, you look like two FBI agents who go to Louisiana to solve the murder of a white man in 1965. <laughs> so, you know, he's, my, my, my roommate's African-American and the other guy's African-American. So, so two black guys go to Louisiana in 1965 to solve the, the, the murder of a white man. So two black guys, any black guys, FBI black guys, two FBI, black FBI agents go to Louisiana in 1965 to solve the murder of a white man. Sounds unlikely. And, and, yeah, yeah it, well, it's an interesting premise. So, so Will, my roommate, says, like, so you're just giving that thing to me? And the guy says, yeah, just take it. Take the idea. If you can do something with it, ever. But that's just my two cents worth. And then Will got a whole bunch of his friends around, and they spitballed these ideas. And um, then that thing, because you're in the arts, so you know this thing happened. Mm-hmm. Um you say, oh, i got this great idea. But he goes, oh, that's great, that's great, that's great. And then you say, okay, let's get together and work on it. Okay, that's great, that's great. Okay, what about next Tuesday? Oh, yeah, next Tuesday I got this thing. What about Wednesday? Oh, no, I can't do Wednesday because I got this other thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, what about Thursday? Oh, Thursday is terrible because I got bowling. And yeah. And, and so basically they had a day of, of brainstorming and then all these various people. I understand why. I'm not condemning anybody. It's the way the business goes. Drift away. They all say, oh, yeah, I'd love to. Maybe later. Tell me when it's... And they all drift yeah. away and Will's left by himself. When we're old, um, that's what happens. Yeah. When you're a teenager, it's not like that. It's, it's an interesting idea because so the difference between a finished product and a great idea is simply work. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I don't know about you, but I had this, I had this amazing catharsis many years ago um, when I went to see a show, a, a friend's play, and there was all sorts of issues with it. And I and my friends are, all, are, are sitting around in the bar just taking the show apart and saying how it would have been better if we'd done this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And then I had this eureka moment where I'm looking around and I'm thinking, okay, well, we may have all these great ideas, but in actual fact, we are four guys sitting in a bar. Yeah. That's all we are. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to do, put yourself in a situation where there's no choice but to do it. Well, the idea, that, the realization that however flawed the project might be, that it's a project. It's something. It is an actual thing. It's not just guys sitting in a bar saying how they could have done it better. It's an actual thing. Yeah. That's how you get things done. <laughs> What I like to do is um, put myself way in over my head and be like, oh no, what, like, what have I done? But I've made a promise and I can't not keep a promise. So then, bam, it happens. Very much, yeah. I think, I think the way that, that we don't want to let other people down sometimes drives us to do things or to let ourselves down. Drives us to do things that we might otherwise not ever have been able to do. Absolutely.
it's actually one of the best qualities to have. I'm like, that's just like, I'm, it's ingrained in me to want to please people. So that's like one thing about being a people pleaser. I don't mind. Yeah, well, if they're not positive, just like just run away. That's what I say about that. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, the um, the Will was my roommate. They, like our doors are opposite each other, and this is like twenty end of twenty sixteen, beginning twenty seventeen. He literally knocks on my door, mm-hmm. gives me this idea. He just gives me the one line, and he says, "We come up with a whole bunch of other stuff, but nobody wants to do anything." Um, one of the other roommates said, you, you're a writer. And I said, well, I'm a bit of a dabbler, but I wouldn't call myself a writer. And then mm-hmm. I thought about it, and I went, fuck, I am a writer. Oh, sorry, bad language. That's okay. Darn, I, darn, I, am, a, I am a writer, because <laughs> I, I wrote some plays. I wrote uh, a sword and sorcery novella, um, a children's book, and uh, a screenplay. So... I've done some writing, and so he plopped this thing in my in my lap, and oh my god, it's three years later, and I've written. It's just been nutty. I've just been doing writing like crazy. So this, however horrible this whole thing is right now, um, and I recognize that it is a horrible situation. It's allowed me the time to write. And that's what's not wonderful about that. Well, the fact that that in order to Yes, uh, I forgot about the dead people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's there's, there's, that was not cool of me. <laughs> changed much because I just live in Wolseley so <laughs> and everyone seems to be very understanding here in Manitoba so this except for the premier who is a total penis yeah I've been hearing things I don't want to get into politics right now because I would take up like four or five hours if I started ranting about politics yeah I don't uh, yeah, you, you do seem to be getting the short end of the, of the stick with um, with Pallister yeah yeah, but that's okay. Well, we'll just move along. At least, at least, hey, hey, at least he's not going off to Costa Rica. <laughs> he can't. Actually, yeah. I wish he would. There's a positive. He has to stay home and he has to do his job. There you go. <laughs> looking, looking for positives. Yeah, like I try to find positives every day in my life. I'm actually a pretty, um, I guess, positive person, if you will. Optimistic. Yeah, you tend to assume everything comes down on the good side, and a lot of the time reality um, is supportive of you, and I seem to assume everything is going to come down the wrong side, and the universe is very supportive of my point of view sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. you, how many episodes have you written? Um, well, so far, I am just nearing the end 
when you think of this, think of think of like Mad Men or 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 Breaking Bad because it's kind of that biggest story. Mm, big arc. Yeah. Uh, twelve season one is twelve ninety minute episodes. That's a good amount of time. It is, and it's not enough. It's, it's not enough. Yeah, uh, we have it basically plotted out very, very roughly up to five seasons. And what, what name do you have? In like a title is the hardest oh part about everything. You can, even, you, can uh, you can't get any details, but you can search the title on IMDb. It's called Black Knights of the FBI. Oh, it sounds. Is it nights? It's nights spelled with a K or with an N? Uh, with a K. Okay. Black Knights of the FBI. Nice. And is there? Are you doing a lot of research? Like, is it based on anything? Um. It, oh yeah, research is. It's 1965 in Louisiana. I have watched hundreds of hours of documentaries about the civil rights movement. More than I ever, ever thought I would ever watch. Hundreds of hours, and most of it is quite horrifying. I had to watch. I don't know. I, it took me a long time to find it. I had to watch a Ku Klux Klan initiation ceremony. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's out there. I'm not going to tell you where because I want people looking for it. But there is. There are footage of, of Ku Klux Klan initiation ceremonies on the internet. Well, you could have just read Gone with the, You could have just read Gone with the Wind. No, I'm talking. It's very specifically the differences between the 30s and the 60s mm-hmm. are are enormous. Um, yeah, Gone with the Wind, that whole genteel antebellum thing. It does actually tie in with a lot of this. Like, it's odd. You look at 1965, and some ways you, you think you're looking at 18, 1865. So it you're saying it amplified immensely. Um, the show itself or the research? The research amplified the show, yes, absolutely. Okay. But the idea is that these are fictional characters living against the backdrop of real events in the civil rights movement in the 60s. So you think you're... Um... You think is it an edu? Is it is it educational? Like, um, there there is definitely there is definitely an educational aspect of it, but with all the violence and sex, I wouldn't say it would be suitable for kids. Well, I know, but I, I didn't mean school. I mean for people, but yeah. like, oh, no, I people think will, people will learn will learn things about it. Um, we we try. I try not. We're trying not to bring in like major characters as central figures like you will see um you will see people sitting there watching a speech by martin luther king they'll be watching something about malcolm x but they won't be you will not see malcolm x or or those central characters in our story so we're we're telling the story of of sort of ordinary people in unusual circumstances against the backdrop of some incredibly uh, incredible upheaval in American politics that's fun because it's kind of kind of like every time and every point in history actually there it's there's the story is about people the, re, the the regular people doing their regular work while all this chaos is happening around them 
Well, the idea, the idea of in the, in the, like you hear about, you know, the civil rights movement, and and when you think about it, your images are Martin Luther King marching across the bridge with thousands of people, Selma. Um, that and was a like good that. movie. But most people don't know why. What they don't know why? Why are they... they were doing all this stuff? What were they? What was it they were actually after? Civil rights. What does that mean? It in means... the case, they wanted to vote. Or just even be humans. Yes, but that the idea was that it came, comes from voting. Because, of course, in the States, um, you have weird things like the police officers are elected. Like mm-hmm. the sheriff in the county is, a, is an elected official, as is the judge and a, a whole bunch of other, other figures. Even people like coroners in certain places are elected. That's actually one of the... I know there's a lot of things wrong with the states, but their their political ideal, um, like the system, is actually kind of nice if it functioned properly. Yeah, that's the problem if it functioned properly, and and a lot of the civil rights movement in the South was just getting the right for black people to vote. Like, and that goes right now. That's that's all the way from then to all the time, all the way right now. Because in 1965, you you would have black precincts in the South in places like Mississippi, Georgia, Alabama, where the population was 60% black, but only 3% voted. Yeah, and do you think it's because they just felt like they their voice didn't matter or i don't know would you would you like i i could direct you to the interviews where people said oh yeah i went and applied to 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 register to vote and then i lost my job or i went to register to vote and then i got kicked off my land uh or i went that and then my business got foreclosed on by the bank yeah i've actually i've i've seen a lot about about that Oh yeah, and the, the stories like like you would be, um, and the people who were the registrars, mm-hmm. uh, if you were white and wanted to vote in some place like Mississippi, you go in, you say, oh, I'm not a registered voter, and they say, oh, okay, show me some ID, okay, uh, let's get your paperwork done, we're done, alrighty. And if you're if you're not, then you're uh, if you're black and you walk in, then you have a questionnaire. With, yeah, you have with, to jump through a lot of hoops. Long list of complicated questions that really smart people could not answer. <laughs> oh yeah. I I don't really believe in smart people, to be honest. Well, well, here's a, here's a, here's a, well, here's a point. It's like the Mississippi um um the the law the code of of like you know, of, oh how do I put this? They're um not Bill of Rights um the Constitution the Constitution of Mississippi. You have to be able to. They will say um. I hear this part of the Constitution of Mississippi, any part, there's 158 parts of it. Interpret that part. Uh, any part, 158 statutes, interpret that statute, statute, and then if you don't do it right, they can say, no, you're not, you're not registered to vote. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think I watched a documentary on that, and um, that's ridiculous. I don't know anything about any of the rules here, and I've been living here my whole life. Oh no! Here, here it's well because here basically it's well we have problems here as well. Mm-hmm. Like you know, certain in certain provinces, um, what's considered uh, ID or what what's considered a permanent address is a bit is a bit shifty. Election laws are 
incredibly important, but nobody really pays a lot of attention to them. No, because it's, sometimes it's easier just to be not vote. Yes. I feel yeah, like it's done on it, purpose. But then, but then to sit around and complain about what the government is doing having not voted. Yeah, I don't, I don't really complain, but uh, I understand what you're saying. A lot of people do that. Yeah. You know, oh, why is the government doing? Well, they shouldn't have done that. It's like, did you vote? No. But like, well, then you, you're okay with these decisions because you don't want to be part of the process. Then you, you know, why, why is that an issue when you're, when it's, unless it affects you? So voting isn't an issue unless it affects you personally. That's what it comes down to in everybody's life, I think. Um, if it doesn't affect you, it's not my problem. Actually, weird thing happened to me today. I got a call from Jordan, like the, con- the country, okay. of some girl screaming for help. And I was like, I don't know what to do about this. I think they misdialed, but it was scary. <laughs> Was she? What language was she speaking? It was just like crazy sobbing and like there was no no words. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, that was a weird thing. It was a woman's voice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it kind of upset me for a while, but like I can't call the cops because I don't know the number and for the cops in Jordan. You- you don't have it. There's no phone number with it or anything. No, I had the. I looked up the phone number to see where it was from. It's from Amon, and it's like um, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. Well, it wouldn't hurt to just call the city police and say, "Hey, I got this weird thing," and they may just say, "Oh well, we can't do anything about it." And at least you know either way. Yeah. No. Or my conscience or is clear. I haven't hurt anybody. But yeah, I guess it wouldn't hurt. I should do that. Maybe it's a just cell saying. phone. But that was just a weird thing that happened to me. Like right after I finished message, uh, messaging you this morning. Mm. And I don't, I'm just like weirded out still a little bit. Well, I mean... Maybe. I don't know if this is in any way connected, but there have been several high-profile cases of of women trying to get a, young women trying to get away from their families in in certain countries, and their families not liking it and coming and getting them. Oh, so weird. Well, I, I think women in Saudi Arabia have only just provisionally got the right to drive a car. I thought that was like 2017, but I understand what you mean. I mean, three years is a drop in the bucket. No, but it's still not. It's 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 not everybody. It's like this is like a pilot project. Oh, so it's just rich, privileged people. I guess, but I know it was very provisional because in that country, um, women driving cars is apparently um, a big thing. Well, I don't like driving, so to be honest, it's actually kind of the opposite of uh, what it's like here, because um, in Manitoba, or Winnipeg specifically, it's um, boyfriends without cars who get their girlfriends to drive them around. Oh, no, you were right. I just looked it up. No, 2017. I guess they must have uh, they must have had their provisional time, because it is 
but it's still it's still not easy for women to get a driver's license, but they can actually get them now. That is not true. Oh, well, fact checking, Steve Weller, fact fact checker. Well, you know, I'm, it's funny. The one thing I'm I'm kind of a Facebook guy, and I lose myself in it in various political debates and it's it's through that that I get a lot of my news of the world not from Facebook itself but from links to other news sites mm-hmm. but lately the one thing I found and it's really odd is that I'm actually a lot nicer you're nicer in general on online um, on Facebook I am more polite well that's a good idea because really that stays there forever the internet is a graveyard. Yeah. It's always going to be back there. But, but also the thing, too, is that um, if all you end up doing is, is you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong. I mean, basically, you can scream all you want and you can bring up your facts all you want. And then the other side has alternative facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all read 1984. I will say, I have to say, if there is any positive thing that comes out of this whole horrible, deadly situation, it is the given idea that there may be something approaching an actual truth. Not a completely objective truth, but we might actually be able to find our way back to some kind of living with facts. Because, and I don't wish harm on anybody, with this thing, people who misjudge and who say, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna drink Clorox, and that's because the president said I should, and that's gonna be great, and they're gonna die, and then that will take them out of the population, they won't reproduce, and then people who think like that will not, it's natural selection, basically. Yeah, you're talking about the Darwin Awards, essentially. Um, yeah, yeah, in a sense, but, but not even to that extent of, like, actually, like, doing something that daft, but, but the fact that people see that, what was it, the person who led the lockdowns, um, the anti, the anti-lockdown protest in, uh, in Alabama is now COVID positive, that the Georgia lockdown, uh, anti-lockdown protest, there are now hundreds of cases of COVID-19 out of that, and as more and more, because this, this thing doesn't care. This yeah. thing doesn't care if you're red or blue, if you believe in it or if you don't, if you pray to God or if you trust in science or you do both, it doesn't care. So you're basically saying there's a lot of patient 31s out there right now. Well, I'm, what I'm, I think what I'm saying is that, for instance, the South, there were a lot of religious leaders who were saying, we need to get together now. Now, this whole thing about separating, you know, we need to get, get together in groups and pray, and that power of prayer will help us get through this thing. And literally dozens of these pastors who have been saying this mm-hmm. are, are dead. Not sick, are dead. Like a, dozen, a couple of dozen of them have died of this illness, have gone into their church and got all their congregation and said, I don't care what the governor says, we're going to do this because I've got the right to. And those people are dying. It's, and they are setting an example to the world. They are doing us a service because they are teaching us that we don't all have an individual truth. No, I guess we don't. It's actually interesting, though. Um, just before all of this 
hit, I read uh, an article about the um, the Americas um, before the Europeans came, um, and how like in history we were taught it all wrong because the first Europeans came and there were thriving cities. This is a time when um, in Europe it was like it was just like this it was filth everywhere, and um, so they showed up and basically because the indigenous people of America's um, way of caring for people when they're sick is to actually be present and there and take care of them, not quarantine, because they hadn't had a plague. And so when the second wave of, uh, I'm just going to call them explorers, came to America, um, they found that all these cities were gone. And like the whole narrative about and like and how people had to return to nomadic lifestyle because they they were worried like they literally found pits of plague tombs in like B BC when they arrived finally arrived all the way across there and um I don't know where I'm going with this but it was a really good article um about how um anthropologists are changing the way they um, are talking about the history of this continent. Yeah, the idea, the idea that, that, that uh, Columbus and guys like that got here and they found these ill-educated savages living in the bush, whereas in fact what actually happened is that they had a complex, rich society with cities and trade, and then about, about 50 to 100 years before Columbus and those guys arrived, mm -hmm. other guys arrived, and everybody got sick because they didn't have immunity to the diseases that those Europeans brought with them. It decimated the populations. And so basically what 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 they discovered was mm -hmm. the remnants. Of what was a once rich, thriving world. Yeah. yeah. After after basically a, a, a medical crisis. That's exactly what they're saying now. Um, anthropologists anyway. And I believe it because it makes way more sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. That these thousands, that these societies, which are thousands and thousands of years old, are yet so incredibly primitive still. Yeah, how would that be? Yeah, that's they would they weren't. No, they're all humans, <laughs> and yeah. humans are actually incredibly, I don't know, wonderful, I guess, and intelligent, and caring mostly. I I have I have a uh, know a couple of. First Nations people who have basically looked at us all suffering like this and they go, okay, welcome to our world. That makes sense. Yeah, because I mean that's kind of, you know, there's a lot, it's, there's a lot that is apocryphal, but there were, there were a couple of occasions, you know, you've heard the story of the smallpox blanket, right? Oh yeah, the, the chemical warfare, yeah. Yeah, that they deliberately gave them blankets from smallpox wards to, to Indians, so that they to First Nations people, so that they would they would contract the disease. And it's not all true everywhere, but there were at least two instances where that did happen. Yeah, I wouldn't. So I'm I'm obviously not going to doubt the cruelty of of some people. But hey, you know what goes around comes around, and now we're at the other end of that. I guess we are. I don't know. Everything in my life is kind of nice, but well, I mean, if you can, there's there's nothing wrong with with surviving this well. 
there's, there's no crime in that. As long as you remain empathetic and sympathetic and willing to help others, there's nothing wrong with, with, with not suffering in this. Yeah. I, a lot of people are, and you do what you can to help where, you, where and when you can, but if you yourself, if your situation is, is okay in this, then okay, I asked the universe. I repeatedly asked the universe. I said, dear God, universe, I need time to write and a source of income for about three or four months. So I don't have a day job. I don't have distractions. I'm not going to go out. And some insane little part of my brain thinks that this is all my fault. I actually, I made a, I made a Facebook post about that. Because I actually feel like I can manifest things all the time. And, um, just by speaking, but there's also that thing where if you're looking for it, it will show up. Like you're not really manifesting it. Like it's, if you see a yellow car and you're like, I like yellow cars. And then you just look for yellow cars. You're going to see yellow cars, you know, but there's yeah, also that you, bit in your brain. And you will know that, Oh, all the time I see yellow cars. Oh my God. It's like everywhere. Cause you're always looking for yellow cars. Yeah. It's. But, I mean, that's a psychology thing, but also, I agree with you in that sense that I always feel like I manifest things simply by speaking about them. Um, it, good luck to you. You should, you should be manifesting perhaps an increase in income. Uh, you should add, talk about that, maybe? Uh, I, I, I'm doing very well financially, actually. Um, but also, yeah, it's, I like, mean, it's more I, about, I, like, I, I want pesto, you know? <laughs> and then I'll, like, text a friend about how I want pesto, and then a friend who's a friend will, like, drop off pesto for me because they're nice and they're bored. So it's not quite the... It's not really quite like I'm super powerful. It's just... Well, it's, you, are man, you are manifesting it, but you're just manifesting it by not asking the universe, but by asking other people for it. You're, you're right. That's actually, uh, it's actually a much smarter way to uh, manifest things. It's ask people who know can deliver. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you are not a tree hugger, but yeah, you're you're a <laughs> you're a hard nosed realistic type. It's like universe, give me this now. <laughs> no, never mind, universe. Tom, give me that now. Oh, okay, here you go. See, I manifested that. Good for you. <laughs> Well, it's just also, if you're generous and kind to people, then you start to meet a lot of people. And then eventually, you just have people to help you through life. It's amazing what kindness can do, actually. Yes. Actually, that is very true. I I think, in some ways, I'm going to, we're all going to come out of this different people. You think so? Yep, 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 yep. I think I think whatever whatever it is you're doing, I think you're you're gonna come out more. If you're if you're kind, you're you're gonna you're hopefully gonna come out kinder. If you're if you're mean, you're gonna come out meaner. I think it's gonna unless you're careful about it. I think it's gonna exacerbate a lot of the people's the way people feel and the way they react in the world, good and bad. Um, I haven't really been. I've actually always, like, this whole time, my whole life has, have, like, I pay attention to the people's qualities, um, or, 
I don't know how to explain it. Um, but I generally just avoid mean people. So they're, they're just going to come up. They're always, they always lose in the end. To an extent, yeah. I guess, I guess that's kind of how I made my peace with, with, with Facebook in the end because I, I, I'm a ranter and, I, and I'm, I'm, a lefty, I'm a lefty Jewish guy and I'm a pro-Palestinian lefty Jewish guy. Well, not pro-Palestinian, but I'm not anti-Palestinian. I think Palestinians should have rights. But, you know, you're Jewish, so then you got to deal with anti-Semites, but then you believe Palestine, Palestinians have rights and then other Jewish people don't like you because they disagree with you on that point and so yeah you, you, you tend to you tend to have a lot of a lot of spirited debate but what i have learned now is that it's like a bottomless well sometimes when you're talking to someone about issues it's literally a bottomless well it's like no it isn't yes it is i've got this proof i've got that and at some point you have to learn to to walk away from it it's not easy because I, I i don't like people spreading misinformation. I don't like things that are out there that, that, that cause people harm and hurt. But at the same time, you have to learn to walk away from these things for your own mental health. Yeah, well, it's important to not involve yourself too deeply with, um, just with negative uh, people or even just, even if they're not negative, just, it's important to just not involve yourself sometimes with certain people. That's all. I've, I've had to become better at, like, at least in the online social sense of just easing those people out of my life. I don't like doing it because I want to give everybody a chance to mm -hmm. speak, but, but at the same time for your own mental health, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, you know, God bless, God bless the people who think it's a Chinese, the, the whole COVID thing is a Chinese bioweapon. Um, and, and if it is, it is. But I, I, at the moment, it doesn't look like it isn't. A lot of the, some, most of the science says it isn't. So if you keep yelling at me about that, I'm, I'm going to say at some point, thank you. I'm not going to discuss it or debate it anymore. You're not, you don't want to talk about anything else. You want me to agree to what you say. I'm not going to agree. So I'm just going to ease myself out of your life online. And I'm going to wish you well and let you carry on with yours. And I'll carry on with mine. I wish I could change your mind. But I can't, obviously, so I'm just going to go my way. Have a nice day. Um, yeah, it's, it's almost impossible to change people's minds. It's just a waste of time. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, people are posting stuff, and you point out to them how it's, how it's wrong. And mm -hmm. I had one guy who said, oh, yeah, what you, what you said to me, you're absolutely right. What I posted is wrong. So you're going to take down the post. Oh, no, 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 because I think people should have the right to debate this. But no, no, you know what you posted. You've said to me what you've posted is incorrect information. You've actually posted a video which shows the information you posted is incorrect and misleading. And now you're saying you're going to keep the incorrect, misleading information up, even though you're wrong. But they also posted the opposite thing so maybe they're letting people know? make their own decisions but what's the lead what's what when, when people go see that's the thing is that people have started doing it and it got me really angry because i started i started i yelled at a couple of people about this is like you have uh what looks like a post 
uh, serious post on this subject, and it's in fact a rickroll. Yeah. Well, they're gonna let you down. Gonna, yeah, all that. Yeah, Rick Astley, and it links to that. And it's, it's the point these brilliant people are making. See, you're not reading the articles. You're just looking at the the headlines. A lot of people do that. They yeah. just look at the headlines. They just scroll through the feed. They look at the headlines and they think that's the news. Yeah. Well, the the news is. I don't know. You've well, got to navigate. You've got to navigate. I just like to hear hear something a little more nuanced rather than here's what the president said today. Here's what the prime minister said today. It's like. I want somebody to say, here's, here's my view on what these events might mean. So you want, you want more clarity? Yes. And I mean, what news actually is, is supposed to be that clarity. And what it's become over the last 25 years is reporting news conferences. (laughs) Here's what they said. Here's what they said. Here's what they said. And it's like, what do you say? So you want more opinion articles? Um, new, intelligent, informed opinion, yeah, but reporting in detail as well. You know, when 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 the prime minister says um, when he when he says that companies that use tax havens are not going to get bailout money, and then the reporter asked him the next day, hey, you remember when you said that companies that use tax havens aren't gonna get bailout money? How's that gonna work? And the prime minister says, oh yeah, I'll talk to you later about that. Blah, 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 I'll just go. And another MP asked him about that. He says, oh, well, yeah, I'll talk about that later. Blah, 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 blah. And you discover in six months time that in fact companies that use tax havens to avoid paying Canadian taxes have gotten bailout money. Because those are the sort of details and stuff that you don't see in the headlines yeah i don't i don't really like how richard branson is asking for bailouts i mean oh yeah that that yeah, one he, really he's annoyed asking me for, was it 500 million pounds basically just almost uh, somewhere around a, three quarters of a billion dollars and he's gonna put up his island of security for the loan i um I want to just bring this. Or, why doesn't he just sell the island and, and bail himself out? Or why doesn't he just use his billions of dollars? Um, I'm just gonna turn this around because we're running out of time. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, it's been almost an hour, and I gotta put in my little two cents at the end after we hang up. Um, but he is Sir Richard Branson, and he's definitely not a black knight of the FBI. comes around and you never know it might just everything might just work out there's still interest out there that's all i'm gonna say well i think um i'm gonna wish you the best obviously and um if you're ever in winnipeg again absolutely 
My brother lives in Wolseley, probably close to where you live. Probably right, actually right next to me. So yes. Well, he's on Aubrey. Yeah, I've been there. You had a little party. Oh right, of course, yes, yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's a hop, skip, and a jump away from you. So yes, anyway. Um, yes, and I know your nieces because they're the same age as me. So. Right. Anyway, it was absolutely it's lovely delightful. talking to you. It's been delightful. Thank you. And uh, you can always DM me. I'm not really a phone guy, but DMs are cool. I'll do my best to keep keep in touch, my friend. It's been a delight. Yeah, just tell me your good news or your bad news. <laughs> hey, my good news is that I am safe and so far healthy. Wonderful, and uh, take care of your asthma. Carry that puffer around. You take care of yourself. Okay, lovely talking to you, Steve. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Okay. That was Steve Weller, who somehow I ran into at a point in my life and know his, knew his family before I knew him. And I'm Kip Koke, and this is Kip Koke Talks to His Friends, and I'm actually really enjoying doing this because I get to call people and talk to people that I normally would just not talk to, even though I like them all very much. And I'm going to do my sign out any minute now. Just wait for it. Oh, keep waiting. Keep waiting. And yep.